you'd like to take a seat, we're going to have the Bible reading. is on page 916, Luke 7. is from Luke 7 verses 36 to 50 on page 916 and 17 Luke 7 from verse 36 then one of the Pharisees invited him to eat with him he entered the Pharisees house and reclined at the table and a woman in the town who was a sinner found out that Jesus was reclining at the table in the Pharisee's house. She brought an alabaster jar of perfume and stood behind him at his feet weeping and began to wash his feet with her tears. He wiped his feet with her hair, kissed them and perfume. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, this man, if he were a prophet, would know who and what kind of woman this is who is touching him. She is a sinner. Jesus replied to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. He said, say it, teacher. The creditor had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii, the other 50. Since they could not pay it back, he graciously forgave them both. So which of them will love him more? Simon answered, I suppose the one who forgave me. You have judged correctly, he told him. Turning to the woman, he said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet, but she with her tears has washed my feet and kissed them with her hair. You gave me no kiss, but she hasn't stopped kissing my feet since I came in. You didn't anoint my head with olive oil, but she has anointed my feet with perfume. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven. That's why she loved much. But the one who is forgiven little, loves little. Then he said to her, your sins are forgiven. Those who were there at the table with him began to say among themselves, who is this man who even forgives sin? And he said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. We're going through a series called um, People, Jesus, 
and uh, obviously this is someone that Jesus met. Um, our scene, we'll start with the scene, is a party. Meal, verse 30, open there to page 6, uh, verse 36. A meal, then one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to eat with him. He entered the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. So our context, our scene is a meal, a, a dinner party. It's a little bit different from our dinner parties or our meals. Um, there it says they reclined at the table. So this picture, this, this is the Middle East, this is thousands of years ago. They, they have this table in the middle, they get there and they're reclining, but they kind of got their elbow propped up, might be eating with one hand, front, head toward the centre of the table, their feet are back, like, and they're all around the table. Because feet are, you know, thousands, they're pretty disgusting, disgusting thousands of years ago when we got, no, there's no such thing as soap, there's nothing like that. It's, yeah, so that's how they're eating, reclined at the table. But also, it's very different meal because um, there's also a huge amount of time for discussion during a meal. So when we say we're having a meal, we're going to go home, Kathy and I are going to go home and we're going to go home with lunch in probably about half an hour. Uh, but we're talking, when we say we're going to have a meal, they're talking about something, this is a discussion, it could go on for hours, it takes a long time for preparation of food, there's toing and froing. Um, so it's not just food that is that, it's, it's the implicit understanding is Simon is inviting Jesus in for a conversation, perhaps a to and fro, some discussion. He's interested in Jesus. He's kind of a little bit warm towards Jesus. He's seeking Jesus. He's interested, but kind of interested. So this is what's actually, this is what we've got to get into our mind. read this first verse, that the Pharisees invite Jesus into eating, and they recline at the table. Another thing is, uh, another thing is, there's no, there's no um, doors on these rooms, things like that. There's no privacy. So people in the town could be wandering in and having a look. There might be an audience. Um, pe- people are coming and just, yeah, like I said, having a look. They would know that this is going on. It's a, probably a prominent teacher of the town. They know about Jesus. And so, as I said, this is all the background stuff we need to keep in mind as we read and hear Jesus has been invited for a meal. They're at the table and they're reclining at the table. Um, seeking. As I said, this guy Simon's probably a seeker. He is, wants to have some discussion, some to and fro. But Simon is still at a distance. He's, he's investigating Jesus. He's kind of interested. As we go through the story, we'll see that there's a great contrast between those in a way religion on the one hand and Christianity because Simon is the guy who's interested in Jesus but still he's still working his way through this he's not sure he's still at a distance he kind of works from the outside in from the outside it's that way isn't it from the outside in because Simon later on we'll see in the story he's interested in appearances and he's concerned about that to have, have Jesus over a meal, sure, maybe some discussion, maybe some philosophical argument back and forth, but he's still, he's guarded, he's, yeah, he's at a distance. It's religion, it's kind of mindset of 
religion kind of atmosphere. And see, religion works from the outside. It might conform you to a particular morality, but it won't change you. It won't be changed. Now, against this backdrop of this dinner, this lovely party, imagine this lovely dinner party, and there is a major interruption. Because in verse 37, in our version, unfortunately, it just says, and what does it say? So, so, so to, to check that people are listening, what does it say there? And a woman or something? Is that what it says? It just says, and a woman, doesn't it? In the Greek, it's actually, uh, behold. It's there, a little word there, behold. So you meant, Luke has this throughout his Gospels. You meant to go, everyone's attention goes straight to the door. Behold, a woman, outrageous. This is what's happening. And more than that, it says there, at the backdrop of this lovely woman, she is a woman of the town. And again, it's not very helpful because it's really means a woman of the city. And you know what that is? This is a city. This is a night walker. This is, this is let's be honest about it. It says there, behold a woman, a sinner. This is what we're meant to, and this is the big interruption. And it's outrageous. And when we hear the word sinner, we think of, you know, we have ice cream or something, a bit naughty, and that's being a sinner. We're talking about someone that's outrageous. Someone who is. not really worth anybody's attention. You know, we're talking about one that you might even look at, you might even think, you don't say that, but you think to yourself, well, at least I'm not like her. You know, she is on the pale, off the scale, at the other end. And what else do we see about her? She has an alabaster jar, alabaster jar of fragrant oil around her. This reinforces who she might be woman of the city. But again, we talked about the smells of thousands of years ago, the feet and the smells, the animal smells, the, the food, you can't wash it off, it's not really, there's nothing like that. This perfume is it's everything to her, it's part of her, her lure and her beauty. And there's no doubt this would have been a year's worth, worth of what something very, very expensive, very, very to her. And she found out that Jesus was at this party. Again, this just reinforces we know that the public event is going on, some discussion going on. And remember Simon, from the outside, religious type from the outside in, and she comes in, and what does she do? She stands behind Jesus. Remember the requirements? So she stands behind Jesus. Says so there she weeps. Verse 38, she's literally, literally says they're drowning feet in tears. She lets down her hair and she wipes his feet and she kisses him. Now, I don't have to describe the imagery here, but letting down your hair, this is, this is kind of fairly and intimate scene and even a bit full, it's not very done. Right? In the Talmud, think like it, you need divorced to do this kind of thing. It's a that's how it kind of looks. It's not very appropriate. She's in a vulnerable position. I mean, this is showing everything about who she is. Um, and then the, the, the apex of it, 
is you'll notice after the, the drowning of the feet or the wetting of the feet, the washing, she finally, and this is why it's the end, is she breaks the flask of this perfume. You see, she anoints his feet. And we know, but you see that that is her. That is what she depends on. And this is what is everything to her. And what she just, just breaks the bullet, pulls all over his feet. And you know what's even worse about this? <laughs> the drowning in tears, yes, the kissing of the feet, the anointing. You can imagine the, the, electric, the, the electrically charged atmosphere. Looking at what's worse is that Jesus is letting this happen. Isn't this it's outrageous and terrible? And he's just letting it happen. And so Simon, of course, he's looking on. And he says, verse 39, if this man were a prophet, he would know who and what sort of woman this is. And he knows Jesus. At the same time, he's distancing himself from Jesus. And he's saying, look, come. And thinking, it says, it says he's thinking to himself. This is a mirror. This is kind of a really. We those things. Come on. Can't we see how easily be like this? Simon had to look down on her in a sense, and he had to, he has to kind of say this to himself, because if you think about Simon, remember he, as I said, it's about religion, it's outside, he, he has to, because he's got in God, he's bolstered, who he is, what he's brought to God, right, and he has to look down on other, it's inevitable, you have to look down on other people who haven't made it, in order to feel like, yeah, okay. And I wonder question for us is, you know, are there people that we just simply can't, I won't say it out loud, we just, you know, at least I'm not there with them. It's very confronting for us. And Jesus has something to say to us and Simon and he says, he says there, verse 40, Simon, I have something to say to you. When Jesus says this in the Gospels, it comes a couple of times in Luke. Simon should have said, should have just ran, right? <laughs> you know, but he says, "Tell me, teacher." And then he tells him this little story. A creditor has two debtors, and this is for us. A creditor has two debtors. One owes five hundred denarii, another fifty, and neither of them could pay him back. So he forgave them both. Isn't it interesting? Five hundred. Denarii. Denarii is about a year's worth. Similar to the perfume. Yes, and 50 is about a month. Jesus tells this little story. You notice it says there about debt, it's talking about money, something we can all kind of relate to. Then notice a little word there that Jesus has at the end of verse 42. The word is, since paid back, he graciously, what does it say there? Cancelled, what does it say? forgave them both. What sort of word is that? Now your bank manager calls you in, you've got a mortgage and they call you in and they say, you know what, we've had a brain snap. For some reason or other, we're going to just going to cancel your debt. 
yes, it's never going to happen, but that happens to you, and you go, great, wonderful, but he's not going to say, um, and your debt is forgiven, or I'm going to forgive your debt. But here Jesus is pointing this story about money, about debt, because of course he's not talking about the forgiveness of God and what we owe God and how much God has forgiven us and graciously releases them from their debt. No, he graciously forgives them. Because, of course, we're meant to think about the one who has forgiven us much. And we're meant to recognise, look at what God has done. How can I withhold grace to others? God has loved me this much. How can I have contempt for others and look down on others and be like Simon? How can I not be devoted to Jesus? How can I not say, what have I done to love Jesus? But Jesus twists him further. Verse 42. So which of them will love him more? And Simon says, well, I suppose, look at the word, I suppose you're gone. Suppose the one he forgave more. And Jesus says, you judged correctly. Now as we finish this story, we can think that this story is about having a little bit of sin, a lot of sin. And maybe we want to be more like on a release, but it's not. Both of them, both of them are owed, and both of them will be thrown into jail. This is what it's like in the. It doesn't matter if it's $5 or $5,000. Both get the same punishment. That's how it works. The parables of Jesus where he talks about jail and things like that. And so listen to this. Jeff Miller says this. Simon thinks he's an advantage by sinning in the things that people don't notice. But Jesus says it's a disadvantage. Because Simon is not aware of his sins, sitting in judgment over the woman and missing the blessing of repentance and forgiveness. So what's the point of the 550? It's meant to see not how much sin we have or it's meant to see, look at the debt owed, look at how much all of us owe. You see, it's meant to get from the inside out repentance that works from the inside out can't give it any better than what Jesus says here in verses 44 to 46. Look at this inside out. Inside out, don't have Notice this. Do you see the woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet, but she has wet her feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss. From the time I came in, she's not ceased to kiss my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she has anointed my feet with ointment. See, the hospitality, Simon had shown hospitality, and he invited us in as a meal. I mean, is but Jesus is saying, using these pictures, right, he's saying from the inside out, he's saying, you don't, you're not, you're seeking, but you're kind of not really interested because you haven't repented. Because you still think somehow, deep down somewhere, that God's going to be okay on the, at the end. He's going to kind of be okay with you on the day. You know, like, let's be honest. And most of us feel like that, don't we, really? But the punchline is this, verse 42. I tell you, her sins which are many are forgiven, for she loved much, but he who is forgiven little loves little. The dynamic is forgiven little loves little, forgiven much loves much. And notice that the, the prior thing, the first thing is forgiven. Know about God's forgiveness and what he's done to you. What is going to be what is going to fuel us to be people that 
abandon worries about what others think in devotion to the Lord? What is going to give us that inside-out love for Jesus? When I ask this question, what have you done this week out of your love for Jesus? What's going to make us people that love Jesus and are devoted to him? It's when you know how much it's cost God. Personally, it's when you know how forgiven you are and the debt that he paid for you. That it's not just something about you, forgiveness. It's not just a, a concept, but it's a declaration to you that God has loved you and he has paid the price for you. Because look at what he says to the woman in verse 49. Look what he says directly to her. What does he say? Imagine this. Imagine Jesus looking at you and saying this. Verse 49. Can someone shout out? What does he say? Is it 49? 48. <laughs> what does he say to her? Just imagine Jesus, he says, he looks at her, and you remember thinking about where she is. Remember, it's the type of person she, she looks at her, into her very life. You know he knows about her life. He knows about Simon. Simon thought this, and he says to Simon, he knows, and he says, Yours, to her, your sins are forgiven. And Simon still is going on about facts and kind of at a distance and want to figure things out. And you can imagine the feeling, the hot feel as the woman walks in and does what she does for Jesus and that hot feeling rising and she might feel embarrassed about it, but she doesn't because she knows the one who's looked into her very soul, the one that all one that matters is the one who said to her personally, your sins are forgiven, you are forgiven. Wherever you have gone and however far you've travelled, you are mine and you are forgiven. And that's why she, of course, breaks this. All of a sudden she changes and she says, this is, I want to lay this before you. Romans 8 says, Who would bring a charge against God elect, God's elect? It's God himself who justifies. Who dares to condemn? Not angels, not death itself. Simon, the Pharisee, says about her to himself, look at this woman and so on. He doesn't say it out loud. She, he can't condemn her. And Jesus looks at her and says, your sins are forgiven. If Jesus says that, he doesn't carry a grudge, neither does the Father. When Jesus says it, it means you, you are completely forgiven. When Jesus has died on the cross, there's no other penalty. You can't get another double payment. When Jesus says that to you, and when God has done that for you, when you know him as your Father, it means you're completely forgiven. And I suppose the question is, do you believe that? Do you trust that? Because as we finish, look at verse 50. Jesus, what does he say in verse 50 to help to see if you're listening? He says, your humility has saved you. Does he say that? He says that? No, he doesn't say that. He says, your repentance has saved you. No, your depth of love. He says, your faith, your trust has saved you. Trusting me. Go in peace, go and live for me. Jesus people met, or people Jesus met <laughs> each week. We hear of God's grace and of his goodness. People from all walks of life, all the way from Simon on this end of the scale, all the way down to the woman, and all of us need to know more about what he's done for us. Let's pray. Father, this week, help us 
open our hearts for you in service to you. Um, I suppose as we think about Tony and Christine doing service to you in the gospel, help us to think also of our own lives and how we can be people who are sent and are a fragrant offering to those around us. Uh, Would you help us this week to consider how can we love you? How have we loved you? And how can we live in service to you this week? Wherever it is in our work, in our play, and all the things that we do. Help us this week to take our life and to, to leave it at your feet and to use it for you. In his name we pray.